You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking Rates and Lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, everyone. This is Rico Mohammed coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. Hopefully, my audio is um, pretty good. We're using a little bit of a different setup tonight. We have a special guest that will be joining us tonight, Mr. George Hick. As you know, George Hick is also an uh, own operator out here with his own authority, operating his small motor carrier. And uh, we'll check in with George, try and get some different tips and things that we might be able to incorporate into our own. Uh, operations as far as going out and getting customers. George has brings over 20 years of uh, sales experience to us from uh, freight sales, from LPL sales, and everything like that. George is so gracious to join us tonight to share some different little tidbits and tell us some, some progress and things that he's making. It's something that, like I said, we might be able to incorporate in our own backyard and uh, make, maybe uh, get some better rates and some better customers if we incorporate some of the things that George want to share with us tonight. But with no further ado, we want to jump into a truck rate report for this week. And we want to try to explore it and show you guys where there are some markets where you might be able to take advantage of and some places that you might want to avoid. Uh, this report, we want to try to put a link up in the uh, Rates and Lanes Facebook page. And this week's report, we have Southwest Indiana and Southeast Illinois is showing slight shortages for trucks in that market. And also, eastern North Carolina is showing a slight shortage of trucks in that market. Those are the only two markets in the United States right now that are showing some slight shortages as far as truck load uh, availability. And um, every other market, we got a couple of other markets that are showing some slight surplus. The places that you might want to avoid. Uh, South District, California, is showing a slight surplus of trucks, which means there are more trucks than there is freight. You might want to avoid that area. Are you going to have a little bit of tougher sledding on getting rates? And rates right now is already tough as it is. Big Lake in central Minnesota is also showing a slight shortage. Once again, it's showing slight shortage. So there's a little bit more uh, capacity available in those areas than there is uh, freight. And these areas that I'm going to name off next are areas that you absolutely positively, uh, positively want to avoid unless you're taking your backhaul with you. And those areas are Texas, uh, Mexico crossing through Texas, and Yakima Valley, Winchy District, Washington State. Those areas are showing surpluses of trucks. So that means that there's way more trucks in those areas than there is freight. So if you go to those areas, you want to make sure that you charge a premium going into that area to help offset any uh, deadheaded that you might have to do to come out of that area. And with no further ado, let's get right on into the DAT trend line report for this week, August 30th through September 5th. And I was, man, I'm remiss in my duty. I hope everyone had a great, safe Labor Day weekend. Maybe you've got a chance to spend a uh, little bit of time with your families and everything over the uh, elongated weekend. And got to do some things. I know uh, me myself, we got a chance to go up, spend some time up in Gatlinburg and uh, Pigeon Forge area up in Tennessee over the Labor Day weekend. Got a chance to spend some time with the family. I posted a couple of pictures. Uh, got a chance to unwind and relax just a little bit. 
But uh, jumping back into the DAQ report uh, for August 30th through September 5th, Van and Reefa rates got a long-awaited boost last week. After seven weeks of increased demand, Feds lost two cents per mile, however, and the national average load-to-truck ratio rose for all three equipment types. Let's jump into the U.S. van demand segment of the DAT trend lines report for August 30th through September 5th. The load availability was up for the second straight week, with load posts up 6%. Truck capacity declined 3%, which which boosted the national load-to-truck average up to 2.0 loads per truck for vans in the spot market. Capacity was down in August. Vans low post dropped 4% in August compared to July, but the capacity also declined 7%. The load to truck ratio rose by 3%, but after rounding that number held steady at 1.8 loads per truck compared to a typical conditions of August 2014. The ratio over that time span has declined 45%. Let's go and look at how the U.S. van rates performed for the week of August 30th through September 5th. After a second straight week of increased demand, van rates rose three cents as a national average despite a one-cent decline in fuel surcharge. Prices were on the rise in Columbus, but Houston rates continued to slide. The average van rate for August was six cents lower than in July. Due partially to a four cent drop in the average fuel surcharge, the monthly average of one dollar and seventy five cents per mile was twenty five twenty five cents below the rate for August twenty fourteen. Also, due to the fuel price decline, that shaved twenty three cents per mile off that average fuel surcharge. Taking a look around the country, we have Philadelphia. Checking in, representing the northeastern portion of the United States, showing an average rate for vans at $1.93 per mile. Coming out of Atlanta, Georgia, representing the southeastern part of the United States, shows an average rate of $1.77 per mile for dry vans. Representing the Midwest is Chicago, showing an average rate of $1.96 per mile. Dallas, representing the south central portion of the United States, shows $1.69 per mile on average for dry vans. And wrapping up the dry van report coming out of the West Coast, also setting the high water mark at $2.04 per mile coming out of Los Angeles, California. is the, the national average rate coming out of Los Angeles, $2.04 per mile for dry vans. Moving on over to the flatbed demand segment of the DAT report. Flatbed load availability slipped another one cent, one percent. I'm sorry, slipped another one percent, but truck posts declined seven percent, boosting the national average load to truck ratio from nine point five up to ten point one loads per truck. Average flatbed rates slipped two cents on the spot market due to a declining fuel surcharge. Flatbed freight availability fell fourteen percent in August, and capacity added three percent. As a result, the load to truck ratio dropped 16% from 13.5 loads per truck in July down to 11.3 in August. Compared to an unusually high demand from the previous year of August 2014, the ratio has declined 69% over that time period. Moving over to U.S. flatbed rates for the week of August the 30th through September the 5th, the national average rate average rates for flatbed slipped two 
cents to 2004 cents per mile. The decline was due to a fall in surcharge with line haul rates still holding steady compared to the previous week. Flatbed rates dropped seven cents in August compared to July with a three cents drop in the average fuel surcharge compared to 2014. The total rate fell 35% per mile, including 24 cents decline in the fuel surcharge. Checking in with the um, national average rates for flatbeds, we have um, the northeastern portion of the United States, Harrisburg, representing representing the northeastern portion of the United States, showing a $3.32 per mile average for flatbeds coming out of that area. Moving down into the southeastern part of the United States, we have Atlanta, Georgia, checking in with $2.43 per mile on average for flatbeds. Moving into the Midwest part of the United States, Rock Island shows an average rate of $2.15 per mile. Houston, Texas, checking in, showing an average rate coming out of the south-central portion of the United States at $2.22 per mile. And Phoenix, Arizona shows, wrapping up the West Coast, showing a $1.78 per mile average for flatbeds coming out of the West Coast portion of the United States. Moving right along into the U.S. reefer demand segment of the DAT report for August 30th to September 5th, reefer load posts were up another 4% while truck capacity remained mostly flat. The resulting load to truck ratio increased from 4.9 loads per truck up to 5.1 loads per truck. Reefer rates rose one cent in the national average. Reefer loads were down 2% in August compared to July, while capacity declined 7%. The resulting load-to-truck ratio rose 5% from 4.5 up to 4.7 loads per truck. Compared to the typical results from August 2014, the the ratio has dropped down 53% since uh, last year of August 2014. Moving on into the U.S. reefer rates for August 30th through September 5th. Reefer lime haul rates rose three cents as national average as, as a national average, but but that was partially offset by a two cent decline in fuel surcharge over an over national average of two dollars and four cents per mile. Prices were on the rise in Grand Rapids and Twin Falls. And Let's see here. Reefer rates fell nine cents in August. August reefer rates dropped nine cents from July average, which included a four cents drop in the average fuel surcharge year over year. Reefer spot market rates were down 25 cents in August, but 23 cents of that decline was also due to falling fuel surcharges. Checking in across the country coming out of the northeastern portion of the United States. Elizabeth, New Jersey shows an average rate for reefers at $1.84 per mile. Lakeland, Florida is the southeastern portion of the United States representative showing an average rate for reefers at $1.37 per mile. Green Bay, Wisconsin represents the Midwest, also represents the high watermark for reefers coming out of the Midwest showing an average rate of $2.77 per mile. Coming out of McAllen, Texas, the Rio Grande, we were telling about in the uh, talking about in the USDA report, showing that we probably an area that you might want to avoid right now. Showing an average rate coming out of McAllen at a dollar sixty-two 
two cents per mile. In Fresno, California, wrapping up, coming out of the West Coast, showing an average rate for reefers at $1.97 per mile, coming out of the West Coast. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up the uh, DAT trend lines report. And if anyone has any questions or want to make a comment about anything, you can go ahead and feel free to press number one. We got call screeners available. Go ahead and screen your call, get you on up and talk with us, me and George and myself. But with no further ado, let's get the man of the hour. Uh oh. I was getting ready to go to George and it looked like he just dropped off the face of the earth. <laughs> so we're going to have to wait till George calls back in. Hopefully, when he drops the signal, maybe we'll get him back in here in just a second. But uh, what we was basically was, I can go ahead and try to get the ball rolling a little bit while we're waiting on George to call back in. Um, we want to basically talk about, uh, really get into the, if you go out and spend some time with going out and trying to develop and get build those relationships to direct, to build direct customers, you, that's customers that you don't have to go back and resell. Uh, if you service that customer properly, you can get that customer in, into your pipeline. And once you get that customer into your pipeline, you don't have to resell that customer again. And it looks like we got George back here. Let's get George up here. George, is that you? Hey, how are you? Sorry, I, I moved around here on the deck, and I think I have a dead corner, so I lost signal. <laughs> that sounds quite all right, quite all right. Well, I was trying, I was getting ready to get into it a little bit. I was uh, just talking about how, you know, the importance of going out there and developing those direct customer sales, and if you don't, if, you know, once you get that customer in your pipeline, you don't have to resell those customers. Very different from being on the spot market, just posting your truck and dealing with broker to broker. Uh, you know, you got to kind of, you know, really got to kind of reconvince and renegotiate that whole thing all over again. Oh, are you, are you there, George? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. My son was just trying to ask me a question. I can't, I, I'm a guy, I can't multitask. So sorry about that. I, I tried to, <laughs> but, but no, you know, um, yeah, go on. Yeah. I'll let you finish what you were going. It was good. All right. Well, with live, live radio, ladies and gentlemen, we, uh, <laughs> But no further ado, we wanted to uh, just bring George on and maybe uh, get some different tips and insights from you, George, because we know, like I said, you bring so much uh, experience to us from the sales force and everything that you have been out here doing sales. Um, you know, your, your background in sales and, and the things that you, you know, the different things that you can bring to the table to help more of us that don't have quite as much experience as you have that, you know, maybe share some tips, some different things that we may need to be doing and maybe talk to us about how, what kind of dividends that if you, if you take a chance and come out of your comfort zone and go out there and introduce yourself and make those relationships, uh, maybe you can talk to us about the dividends that, they, that those things pay because you were telling me some of the things that you got going on. And, you know, like I told you in our, in our private conversation, you know, kind of are the anomaly right now and and the things that you got going on you really are crushing it right now uh i like to think so and i and i want to clarify also i mean as you and i talked um you know when i look at my business model my business model is focused more on the the you know the niche and the specialized side however this year i had one customer really approach me you know i was using them as as fill-in work well now their business has been just 
getting busier and busier. And they're the ones that three months ago approached me and said, you know, George, would you consider, can we have another guy like you? Can we have another, you know, blue heron driver that cares like you do? You, you know, they, customers are yearning out here to be taken care of. Freight, and and I'm, I know people are going to say I sound like a broken record, but can't handle this as the truth, but it is. Customers want to be taken care of because freight is a nuisance. It's a pain in the neck. The truck doesn't show up on time. The guy was wearing flip-flops. He was wearing PJ pants. He didn't shower. He was rude. He got mad because he couldn't back into my dock. I, I mean, I've heard it all between, you know, yesterday and today, you know, with customers. And, you know, what is, I don't know, I, I guess I want to say, what is so hard about this? Just, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. Now, you know, I will also say I'm not doing what I call anything of the general freight segment. I'm not going into grocery warehouses. It's nothing I've wanted to do. We used to sell that when I was in the LTL world. I sold against it. I didn't want it. Let someone else have it. And and I had more customers say, wow, you just told me no. Yeah, because I don't want to deal with that headache. Um, but it comes down to your personality and, and the success that Kim and I have seen now in three years, because it's been three years, um, literally last week since I bought my first truck, and it's, you know, grown faster than we ever expected. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been, a, trust me, tons of nerve wracking and, and scared as, as hell, if you want to say, with a lot of things. But the risk is worth the reward. Um, yeah, I know there's some out there that are saying, oh, well, he has all the connections. Well, look at the years it took me to get those connections. And those connections become friends. somewhere. And then, yeah, and that, that's probably the biggest reward um you know there are some people that i've talked to and you know i, I had some issues with some folks and, and i'll put it in the category of you know those considerably younger i'm 49 years old and there are some that you know are down in their you know 20s and i remember being 20s when i felt i knew it all and and everything and you know come back to me now saying well you know you have a problem with me you 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 know you, you're just kind of being cocky about it. And that, no, I'm not being about it. I'm just trying to say what is all involved. I mean, I was 21, 20 in my twenties at one time too. And I was the same way, but I mean, if I could have a jump start on getting things going, Oh my God, it'd be golden. But that's why I try to say to people, give yourself 10 years of building relationships to see the, where the results are. I, I'm seeing it with the confidence that my customers are seeing now in three years. I mean, I think, you know, if I look back to the date, I think probably the day the CMC had started, which, you know, was the one CMC I attended, you know, and, and did wonders. Right. Um, but, I mean, it comes down to, you know, relationships, getting to know people, take care of their problems, maybe, you know, and, and getting out and doing something about it to find the customers. You know, I remember my, my father always saying to me, you know, what happens if you don't ask the question? What's the answer? Do you know that? <laughs> Say it again. Well, what, what's the answer to the question if you don't ask, ask, ask it? Oh, the answer is always no. The default is no. Yeah. So if you're not going to knock on somebody's door and try to get their business, you know what? They don't even know you exist. And the more you know, right. simple and generic of an of a area of business you are, nobody's ever going to know who you are. You know, and I'm not saying just about trucking. I'll talk about machining or, or art or food or restaurants. You know, do something, you know, to set yourself apart. But, you know, if you're just, you know, you're just going to sit around waiting for, 
you know, phone to ring to put freight on your truck. Well, each their own, I guess. Not what I want to do. And and as our business has grown this year, I mean, I'm I I need to look at the presented percentage on QuickBooks. But I think I'm I know I'm well over fifty percent, if not close to sixty percent this year, power only. I mean, I have a couple trailers I've used twice this year, and I have five pieces of equipment. I have five trailers. You know what is that doing to so my now, so, 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 so now, so now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You might, you might have said that a little bit too fast. So I'm gonna slow you down just a little bit. Majority of your, majority of what you're doing right now is power on. So you're not even using your own trailer. Uh, well, to a much smaller extent than I have in the past, and that is mainly just because the one account just it, that I was using as fill-in, I was pretty much, you know, if I had a slow week. I'd call and say, hey, listen, I'm open this week. If you got something, they would call. They would, they would call more because some of the specialized side is not happening as much this year. So I started doing more and more, but I also started getting more and more calls from them asking to do more. And every phone call with them also came with their stories and complaints of the load they broker. Fact is a fact. People may not like hearing it. You know, the driver didn't show up on time. He couldn't back up. He was rude. The, the freight was all over the truck. How come the driver doesn't have straps in his truck? You know, you provide all this and just take care of it. I mean, good God, all the customer wants is you to deliver on time on damage when it comes down to it. I don't know. I don't think it's that hard. Basically do your job. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it just, <laughs> hey. but it does take a lot of work, but having all of that going on as I'm speaking that's also taken me away from my ability to get out and sell and talk to people as opposed to, you know, you know, just maintaining, which is what I'm doing. Um, but it's tough to grow when I'm spending that much more time busy, but I, I guess I can't say I've done that much. I think I'm at 43,000 miles year to date. And if I look back, I mean, I had issues in, in April and May where I was sick. I took, I don't know, two and a half, almost three weeks of, very minimal work in August, and I think February and March I didn't do a whole lot. But, you know, that is all by design. February and March I don't want to be on the road a whole lot. The, the roads are crappy. There's, you just open yourself up to a lot more. Um, but as you were, you know, asking and saying, I, you mentioned something early in the show, and you used the phrase, you're back for growing your business to have your customers. And, you, you know, if, you're, if, if you want the broker model and that's what you want, guess what? Every city has tons of brokers. Just start looking them up and go in and pound on your door if that's what if you want them to be your sales force. But realize you're going to give a significant percentage to them, not just what you think of the ten or fifteen or twenty percent, whatever. I mean, they have their amount that you know they say they mark it up. There's also the truth of the whole story too. There's a reason that right. you know, and, and these, these non-asset companies are very successful. And with, and not only that, you know, and because I don't like to, like to come across as that you know trying to beat up or talk bad about brokers or nothing like that, uh, because I think that brokers earn every bit of the money that they make. But uh, you know, um, it's up to us. You can't you can't. There's an old saying: Don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> you, yep. so you, you can't you can't you can't begrudge you can't begrudge somebody else that 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 boiling all of their entrepreneurship. And going out and, and doing something, whereas if you are unwilling to go out and do that, to go out there and do the hard work, you can't really, uh, you know, 
call a broker, you know, um, that just ripping me, ripping me off, this, that, and other. I understand that there are some unfair business business practices and there are bad brokers out there, but you know, but for the but for the most part, uh, they they're, they're running a business and their and their business model is hey, they got to take care of their business model. Yeah, and, and if a broker is out there and, and has a move, let's say going cross country, and, and they sell it to a customer at sixty five hundred and they can cover it at thirty eight hundred, what's wrong with that? You know, I mean, I know there's you know, talk of, well, they're making too much. Well, what are we going to get into start setting rules of what people can make and not make? You know, obviously you want to cover, you know, know what your operating costs are and look at it from that side. But, you know, we all want to get as much as we can. Right. And nobody, no, no you know, one puts a gun to your head and force you to take those rates. No one puts a gun to your head and force you to stay in the in the comfort of and stay in your comfort zone and not willing to venture out there and go out of there to try to earn that that type of revenue for yourself. Uh, you know, you got to go out here. It's just like you know, it's just like any other business. You got to go out here and sell. You gotta you gotta go sell. Yeah. And with that said, we well, got a good friend on the line that's got a got his hand up that might want to chime in on this conversation real quick. Let's go over here and grab Mr. Joe Cox real quick. Hey, how you guys hey, doing, Joe? Tonight? We're good, Joe. How about yourself? Uh, not too bad playing truck driver tonight. There you go. Uh-oh. How are you, Joe? Hey, I got a, I'm going to say something, and y'all listen really carefully. I've got a customer. I've had this customer for 24 years. I've had my authority for 23 years. How does that happen? I got this customer. I was leased to a company. This customer come on board because of me. When I decided to get my own authority and leave this company I was leased to, that customer went to me. Uh, in the early, in the late 90s, we shut down our authority, leased to Landstar. That customer went to Landstar with us. When I decided Landstar wasn't what I wanted, that customer came back with us. In the early 2000s, I got off the road for 18 months, went to work at a Detroit diesel shop. 18 months later, I said, I'm not punching a time clock. I went back on the road. That customer is still with me today. In fact, I've got one of their loads about seven feet behind me right now. I have never not had a load every week for 24 years. If I so desire, I went in there today and we got talking. He says, how's it going? I said, really good. I said, but man, I need some better loads that you've been giving me lately. I I need a little more miles. He said, well, what are you talking? I said, well, I need a few more miles, Jim. He says, fine, I'll give you that load to the competitor, and I'll give you a better load every week. It's easy. Do what you say. Say what you do. Be an extension of them. Solve their problems. Don't sit there and cry and whine about, oh, are they going to pay me detention? Are they screwing me? All you're doing is screwing yourself when you do that. I've got another customer that... Uh, I picked up their product. I got home. The guy says, man, our forklift broke down tonight. Can you bring it back on Monday? I said, no, I'll be on vacation. I I said, well, what I will do is when I get back from vacation, I'll bring it to you. They've been my customer for seven years now. The load goes from Chicago back within one half mile of my house. These customers are out here. They will pay you what you want. Very seldom do they argue with you. but they expect you to do what you say and take the problems off of them. 
And not only that, when let's say for instance, if something does go bad when you're dealing with a customer or whatever, if something does go bad, how would you got you two gentlemen on the phone? You got you got your own direct customers. When something does go bad, when 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 let's say when when the stuff hits the fan, how do you handle a situation like that? Uh, my, me or one of my drivers will contact me. I will decide, uh, the coin of phrase, if it's in my pay grade, if it's something I can deal with, uh, by dealing with it, fine. If I have to go up to the chain of command to the factory and get them involved, we'll do that. But I don't worry about being detention or any of that. It's kind of the old adage, you know, do you really want to bite the hand to feed you? Because I'll tell you what, Rico. We make a lot of money for 24 years. My kids, my one child, three of my kids are under the age of 24. I've had this customer longer than I've had my kids. My kids haven't cost me quite as much, you know. Uh, so you, you do what you got to do, uh, and you just deal with it. You know, I, I've been there before. Well, it'll be tomorrow. Oh, This load that I've got right now was supposed to leave yesterday. I left tonight. George knows what time I left. Am I going to charge them detention or screwing up pay or whatever? No, because at the end of the week, food on my table, they built our business, my house, uh, my, my entire last 24 years, you know, and there's, it's very hard to find somebody in this industry that's had their authority for 24 years, let alone had a customer for 24 years. I, I got nothing there, Joe. You you just you kind of nailed it from from the strong point of of the facts and the success. Uh, you know, I can honestly say myself. I mean, I, there are some customers I've known that I do business with, and have always done business with me of over twenty years. Uh, one customer in particular. I mean, you know, we become close friends, but every time I switched carriers, every time I, three times in in sixteen years, but every time I switched, they were like. Give me your new card. Give me the info. We'll just give you the business. They followed me. Why? Because they trusted me. Trust That's it. You know, because I've and, always gone. I've always gone there and said, Jim, I'm changing something. He'll say, and I'll say, Will you stick with me? He says, Well, we're your customer, not their customer. And it's because, like he says, when when shit does hit the fan, we're able to sit there and say, Okay, uh, you know. And we've had one truck that rolled over. Uh, broke a whole load of, of their product, you know, it was dealt with. You know, things happen, you deal with it, you you make it right, you deal with the customer. Well, see, that, uh, that, he that's, like, that's he, he likes to send that's, me that's to the problem customers. That's what, that's what I was getting at, though, Joe. When, when something like that happens, so they say some, some, something unfortunate happens, do you, do you know, spread bad news quickly? Do you get that off? Do you, do you run that up the flagpole? as quickly as possible. I'm just saying that this, you know, like if, if you have a breakdown or something uh, unfortunate, catastrophic happens, how do you deal with that? How do you mitigate that when dealing with your customer? Uh, it depends on how fast we're going to get back. I mean, I have repowered. I have gone out and rented trucks and lost my butt at renting, renting trucks to take care of the customer because the one thing that a lot of this industry has forgot, the customer is king. They might be an asshole today, but they are king. They pay your bills. And the customer might, <laughs> might not be the guy that's shipping the load. The receiver is as much of a customer because they're paying the shipper's bills. Right. So you've got to take well, care and, of and all the thing of them is, and, and take care of them. And, you know, if I need to call the factory, I call the factory. 
and then you know we we take the best course for their customers and that sometimes that best course i lose my butt on it but the customer has to come first because what i lose this week i far make up in the 24 years of having that as a customer well and, and you know you're you're 100 percent right there joe just and and the biggest thing i want to say also here or very big thing is communication let them know what's going on don't don't let them call you at five o'clock saying, "Hey, you missed your appointments at two and four. What happened? Oh, I overslept this morning. Really? Come on, what are you, fifteen years old? <laughs> well, yeah. If you've got an eight o'clock appointment, don't call me at eight fifteen and tell me you're going to be late because at eight oh one, everybody knows you're late. Communicate, communicate. There is no such thing as over communication. There is a major yeah. under communication because then everything goes to hell. Yep. Right. Yeah, you know, and I'm a firm believer also. I mean, as as we were talking earlier, you know, Rico, when we're offline, and Joe knows this and some of my close friends, we've taken a big step literally last night and hired our first employee. I have, three months ago, I purchased my um, second tractor, which I'm picking up this weekend. And it's, you know, it's nerve-wracking. It's a big step. But, you know, I am working to enable our driver to take care of things. You know, I want them to have the relationship to, you know, take ownership of their run. Um, but that growth comes with a lot of work, and it's work from all sides. You, but like you said, the customer the customer is number one. And if you have that much of a problem and that many issues with your customer, um, yeah, the customer may still be right, but maybe you got the wrong customer. Not every customer is a fit. So, so if there's anyone on the line that has any any questions or want to want to you know pick pick anybody's brain real quick, go ahead and press number one, and we'll try and get you up online so we can try to get you uh get you into ask George or maybe even Joe. Joe hangs out with a little while long. We can ask them a question directly and see if uh, see if they might be able to get some pointers to help you out. Well, you know, so, Rico, I wanted to share. I mean, there there's been a handful of people that have approached me directly, and and we've been able to connect. You know, to have the element of trust back and forth to share information. But, I mean, there's a gentleman in Indiana that, that I reached out to because I just, I kind of liked the way he handled everything. And where, you know, I asked him to contact me because he, he asked that question, how do I do this? Well, we have become friends and we've talked and I've coached him. And I said, listen, it, it starts with, you know, dressing dressing the role and, you know, go out and see the customer. Start knocking on doors. He, he lives in a small town. And, uh, you know, he called me two weeks ago, I think it was. Maybe it was three weeks ago and said, you know what, I did it. He goes, George, it felt great. He said these people wanted to talk. They wanted to listen. They, they were excited for what I was doing. I mean, share where, where your background is. The guy comes from a very successful company driver background but wanted to be out on his own. And I forget what the number was. I thought he made like four or five calls on different customers there in town. And I thought within two weeks, two of them gave him a move. And I think it's built more from there. One even said to him, Oh, well you have that kind of trailer. You have this kind. No, but I'm thinking about buying one. Well, that was on a Friday on Monday. She had called and said, Hey, did you buy one yet? And it was just a van. And he goes, no, 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 nope, I haven't done it yet. Well, a few weeks later, he found stumbled across one, wanted to add one anyway, had a van, called her up, says, hey, I've got a van. She goes, okay, well, listen, let me call you later tomorrow. Boom, you got to move out of her. I mean, obviously, 
you know, this customer had issues. Is she just going to open up the door? But his whole personality, presentation, image, people may not like hearing that one. Image is important. It, I, you know, I, I think it is, you know, and, uh, you know, you're, you're making the sales call. It is what it is. Well, the, the, uh, the other thing that I've noticed, too, is a lot of people are in a big hurry to go out and get a quote-unquote direct customer that they will do so at any expense, and they will not check what they are doing. In today's technology age, you should be able to go to XYZ Plumbing Company and find out what they ship, how much they ship, everything about them. So when you go in there, you know what you can do. Uh, but they, they, they're such in a big hurry to get a customer that when they do get the customer, they fail the customer. And then they get all mad and, and, and get their panties in a bunch and they act like it's the customer's fault. No, it's your fault because you didn't do your homework and check to see if you were able to fulfill. I had a guy call me yesterday and ask, he'll offer us 49 loads. I can't do 49 loads. So I told him, no. He says, why? I said, I can't guarantee I can cover the 100% of that 49 loads. So I'd rather not do any than be a failure to you on any aspect of it. Right. Know your limitations. Know your limitations and, and work with your limitations and do your homework and your research on the customer that you're seeking so you can be an asset to them, and, and, you know, because it doesn't do any good if you go in there and then all of a sudden you're not a match. And, and like I said, in today's technology, Maybe I can't do it because I'm too old to know. I'm still control-alt-delete, you know. But some of these younger guys, they can find out everything in four minutes with an iPhone. Yeah, right. Let's see here. We got someone who's got the hand raised. Let's see if we can go to area code 316. Area code 316, you're on live with Rico, Joe, and, and uh, George. What's your question? How can we help? Well, Joe, Rico, and George, it's Bruce. Man, Howdy. we just got the band hey, together tonight, don't we? Well, we got we got the. I was going to say the trifecta of experience, but now you got me. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, Bruce? Well, you guys are talking about long-term customers. I'm I'm working for a long-term customer I've had for gosh, close to thirty years now, and. Uh, Took a couple years off, went and did some other things, and this summer I decided that number of circumstances that I needed to see if I could re re resurrect the the relationship. Went and talked to him, and you know I've had one week where I took off and did something else for my own, but I've been working for this guy since the middle of June, and you know as long as long as there's farmers harvesting around here, I'm going to have work for probably you know could be clear through October. And, you know, it's just, a, it's a case where, you know, long-term relationships don't die easy. And if you, if you need them, you can go call back on them. And most of the time they're, if they liked you in the past, they'll love you now. Oh yeah. More so now because they're having to deal with so many knuckleheads out here. Yeah. And, uh. You know, Rico, you said at the start of the show about once you have a customer, you don't have to resell them. Well, I think we all know that's not exactly right in the sense that you got to sell yourself every day, but it gets easier and easier as you build the relationship. 
you know. Well, right, and those right. customers, and, and, Bruce, and Joe, Joe and Rico, I think, will, will attest to this. These customers are going to be your best ally. Now, they can also come back and haunt you if you, you know, if you do a crappy job, but boy, they are, will, they will end up being your best sales force. You know, I mean, referring, cause they all are in that segment and network. If you're dealing with a guy that's a machine builder, guess what? He knows every other machine builder in town. They probably all hang out. Well, you know, they have a good experience. You're going to be like, Oh man, you, you've got to talk to, you got to talk to Bruce. He'll take care of this for you. Because as I said earlier, freight is a nuisance. It's a pain. I don't know why it is. I'm, I'm glad it is for a lot of people because I can take that pain away. Absolutely. And, and, and Bruce was saying, you know, and you're exactly right, Bruce. you got to sell yourself every day. We have, we have to go out there and, and, and perform. That's the number one thing. We, we have to perform. And, and, and as long as we perform, you know, and do what we say we're going to do and how we, you know, live up to everything that we, you know, put out there. As they as the old saying goes, you always want to um under promise and over deliver. You know what I'm saying? If if you if you can if you can make that your adage, if you can kinda of make that your MO as as always under promise and you know like uh, one thing that I always try to do is like they if if I got a if I'm dealing with a broker or anybody that's that's keeps badgering me, wants to know an ETA or whatever. Well, I'm going to put my ETA out there a, little, a lot further and make sure that I get there quicker than what I told them that I could. And, you know, that's just one form of under-promising and over-delivering. But, you know, it's all different forms, of, all different ways you can kind of twist that and, and, and make that uh, uh, make that come, in, come into fashion as far as one way you can incorporate that into your business. Well, you know, Joe was hitting on it a little bit earlier when you were talking about dealing with the customer and also the customer's customer and how how far up the chain of command do you take things and that's that's the niceness or the uniqueness of having a small business where the boss is only about one click on a phone away from from the from the driver or from the customer where you get in the corporate structure and how many people do you have to go through before you can finally find someone who can actually make make a decision and then carry out that decision you know, and customers don't want to be put on hold and then transferred to two or three different departments until they can find someone who finally has the authority to make a decision. When you're talking to a small business owner and dealing with small business owners, you're talking to the boss. And something will get done right now rather than today or tomorrow or when that guy comes back from a three-week vacation in the Bahamas. Well, you know what, this... You know, I wanted to um, elaborate on that. When you talk about the small businesses and, you know, getting to know them and the boss, I mean, I, uh, the gentleman that I mentioned earlier, I mean, I'd said to him, I said, you're going to walk in and you're going to have your, you know, what's known as the gatekeeper. You go further or not. And, you know, he or she, you know, will ask you, oh, well, what are you here for? Oh, well, well, sell who you are, say what you do. You know, but then again, if, you know, if it's, you know, machine moving and, and, you know, more of that blanket wrapping sort of thing, you know, you don't need to, you know, if that's what their need is, you can't show up with a reefer and say, oh, I can do that. You can't be everything to everyone. But when you're there, you're talking with her. I mean, you don't know who is in that office right around the corner. Maybe the owner, the owner's wife, the salesman. Hey, I think the salesman can be your, your best ally because they're the ones that just got an earful when something didn't deliver on time and they're, two offices away, they're going to walk out and say, wait a minute, what do you do? Let's talk. And then, you know, be there for them. 
you know, but if they don't know you exist, you're nothing. You know, but that, that, that existing comes with the cold call and getting to know people and asking around. Well, and, and I'll step out on this one here. The bigger your customer, because our customer is a $250 million a year business, so they're not small. Uh, they The bigger the customer is, the more they expect you to handle the mundane. Like I said, I'm not going to call up and say, well, my driver got detained for 30 minutes. Are you going to pay me? Uh, you know, they don't want to hear that crap. They can get somebody else to come in there, you know, not saying that you're going to get underbid or whatever, because they get offers every day a dollar a mile cheaper than us, but they know what they get with us. They know that we're able to solve that problem, and then we become a much valuable asset. The last four rate increases I put in, they never even called to ask me if they were okay or not. They just said, well, you do what you've got to do to stay in business. And there's nothing wrong, with Joe. There's nothing wrong with with making a profit. That's that's why everyone is out here. But I like the way you had talked about that because I run into that no matter what I've done. You know where there are others in there coming in and saying, "Oh, oh, uh, you know, show me some freight bills." So they'll they'll show freight bills, and then somebody go, "Oh, well, I can do it for X less." You know what? The easiest thing to do out there is sell price. Knock yourself out. I did it for a long time, and I got tired of. It. But, you know, if you're selling price, guess what? It's a race to the bottom. It is. And he's offered every day for a dollar to a dollar and a half less per mile. And it's like he he just says, no, I'm happy with who I have. Your lower rate will cost me much more in the long run than he pays now. Absolutely. But you have to sell yourself. And and, and selling yourself isn't just walking into his office, sitting down and saying, this is what I can do. You have to say what you can do, and then you have to go out there and do it. You have to be there day in and day out. I've been on vacation before five or six states away. I've got a phone call. Uh, he said, oh, that's right, you're on a vacation. The next day he called. He said, oh, wrong number. I said, no, 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 what do you need? And then he said, man, I really hate to do it. I went home a day early and bailed his butt out. But, you know, they remember that much more than saying, no, man, I can't do that. Hell, you're going to have to pay up the butt if you want me to do that because I'm a you know, this is a spot market and I'm going to pay. Well, no, you do what you got to do to take care of the people that take care of you. It's a roundabout circle. They take care of you. You take care of them. It ain't, you know, some days you win, some days you lose. You can't be a winner all the time. Well, you know, right, right. And, and that, that comes into just having a, a business ethic as far as, as far as, you know, treating people the way that you want to be treated and being fair. And, and just, and like you say, don't really think about, um, one thing that I try to tell people is you can't make all the money on one transaction. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's called get, get rich quick. It's not get rich quick. It's get rich slow over a period of time. And if you do things, and if you do things with uh, ethics and morals and, and do it at the right, you know, uh, try to do things and try to be fair and equitable. I believe in the long run, it's, you're going to come out and you're going to come out ahead and you're going to win in this situation. Uh, and, and, even, and even if someone takes advantage of your, of, of your kindness or whatever to a degree, then I'm, I'm, willing, I'm much more willing to give somebody that. And, and then on the backside, if, if I have to deal with them as far as never, never dealing, doing business with them again or whatever, then, you know, that's my choice. That's my decision. But, I, but I'll, I'll, I'll give that. I'll give you, you know, I'll give you a little currency on the front end, so that on the back end, you know, I can decide whether or not that's something I want to deal with in the future down the road. 
Oh, yeah. Well, and, and you know, one thing I want to share also, I mean, because, you know, Joe and, and Bruce and Enrico, you, you know, you, you can attest to this. I don't want anyone out there to think that, well, I only have one truck. I'm not big enough. You absolutely are, especially if you do the right things for them. I mean, if you're going to go speak in and, speak, you know, speak and, that, and, and, and please speak to that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, I, I mean, there have been comments out there on different posts about, oh, well, you know, about being ready for a, you know, a bid process for a company. Uh, I don't, I don't, I, I guess I do quote some moves. I've got to move in November, I quoted, but then he came back to me two days later and I said, well, when are we going to know if it's going to happen? He goes, oh, I'm not quoting it to anyone else. He said, you got it. It's done deal. But I mean, you know, you can't go in with one truck to, you know, Genesee Brewery here and say, yep, I, you know, put me on your RFP. I, I want to be part of this whole quoting process. No, it's not what, well, I mean, if that's what you want to do, knock yourself out, but you're going to fail. But, you know, look in your backyard. I mean, I, I've tried occasionally when I'm making trips to try to build something, you know, on a run. I had a trip out to New Mexico earlier uh, this summer and worked to get, tried to get something coming back, but nothing clicked. It wasn't worth the work. It was easier just, you know, take my two, and a, two days, two and a quarter days and just come home. But, you know, my rate also did facilitate me coming home. Um, but I just, you know, I don't want people to think that we're too small for them to care. No, that's not the case. And remember, every one of these companies out here started with one truck. That's kind of really where a lot of them began. I mean, if you look back to people who point the finger at Werner, they, everyone, you know, everyone makes fun of Werner Enterprises now in Omaha. My wife worked for them for a few years, understands, knew CL Werner, what he was all about. But, you know, there was a quote that I, um, shared somewhere and at his museum I, uh, I want to bring it up but it pretty much said just do make the simple things easy it's something to that effect and and if you really thought about it that's what it's all about just take care of these but i mean you know being small is is not a detriment in the trucking industry well you know, and, and, and in that aspect right there that aspect right there george I can do something that Warner can't do. I can do something that Snyder can't do because I can control my customer service. They've got drivers. They can send in their best driver, but I can offer the service that I know will be delivered. And that's where the one truck guy can go in and make a big difference, you know, but you've got to do and say what you're going to do. You know, yeah, seem to seem to you know go back to quotes i've heard and you know how do you eat an elephant well one bite at a time how do, you know, the longest time. journey you know the longest journey still starts with the first step and you know every company that was once that is big now was once a small company and, and not that long ago either when you stop and look at it bruce i mean you know cr england in 1989 250 trucks uh crst Snyder, all these big companies that are huge now were not huge then. Swift, where was oh. Swift in the 90s? They weren't even around. Night Transportation, they weren't even there. J.B. Hunt. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you take these mega carriers now, they weren't, they're not that old, some of them. I mean, and it's not like, uh, I mean, it, it really is amazing. People think, oh, it, it, it goes on and on and on. No, it doesn't. You can start, and in five years, be 20 trucks, 50 trucks, 100 trucks. 
Well, I remember yeah. when Warner Enterprises had seven or eight trucks, and they were all, you know, cab over Kenworth. And so now, you know, how many do they have? Yeah. Well, guys, we're coming up on that. We're, the hour just flying by on us. We coming up on. We got a we got a late start tonight. We are coming up on uh, getting ready to close of the show, and we got about eight minutes left in the show. Just want to any of you guys. We got some new listeners that may be listening out that may be wanting. You guys are fairly experienced. If you want to put your put any information out there, if anybody want to be able to uh, maybe ask questions offline, anybody want to uh, take a swing at it, put put your information out there, or how they can get in contact with you, if they, just in case. Uh, I'll, I'll give my phone number, I suppose, if that's what they want. That's, you know, they can write yeah. it down easy enough. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, 605-270-1092. But do not call after 9 o'clock at night because I'm in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Put the caveat out there. That's it. That's it. You know, and I'll say, I mean, I, I, you know, people can hunt down and then get my phone number if they, they hunt around enough. Um, you know, I just don't have a, a ton of time for, you know, uh, just blatantly answering questions. But if somebody engages me and it kind of develops into something, I'm more than willing to give the time. I mean, Kim will be the first one to say, uh, you have business work to do. You don't have time. And now that we're bringing on the second truck and have those directions. But, I mean, you know. My name is George, no E on the George, and last name is Heck, H-E-C-K, or look up my company Facebook page for Blue Heron Logistics, like the bird. And, you know, send me a message, a private message, and, you know, open up a dialogue if you have some questions. I'm, I'm more than willing to help. But, you know, I want to help people that I know are willing to help themselves. I mean, this isn't a, you know, slash and grab situation of business. You know, trucking is no different than anything else. Um but, you know, I think we all want to work to grow and and uh, succeed out here. And, and I firmly believe, you know, it's not tough. You know, I, I jokingly said when we started three years ago, I wanted to be in the top, you know, 5% of the industry. Well, that really wasn't very difficult. Now I say the top 1%. And, and I've had some people, you know, think that that's kind of a snarky comment. But look around. You know, you, you walk into a truck stop. If there's, you know, 50 guys in there and you're like, well, geez, there's 49 that aren't, well, do the percentages right there. Um, but, I mean, this is what the customers see. I mean, you know, Joe has told the story of, you know, and Bruce told me also. I mean, you, you go in, I have, hey, I might, you know, in the, that, the situation, yep, I'm picking up a load for, you know, C.H. Robinson. It's pickup number such and such. And, you know, these people in the office will walk in, you know, or stand up and start giving you applause because, you can communicate your, you know, it, it's everything of what I said, as opposed to, you know, guy can't back up, can't speak English. No, no, pick up, pick up for LA. Well, what LA? I've got 14 LAs. And then, and then you wonder why people behind the counter get all flustered and annoyed. Right. Well, gentlemen, uh, with that said, I want to go ahead and start wrapping up for the next, for the next show. Just want to give everybody a heads up that uh, Henry Seaton is going to be joining us next week. i got to confirm that, of course, but he's scheduled to be with us next week. So if you got any transportation questions, any uh, legal questions surrounding uh, contracts, anything of that nature, 
uh, go ahead and get those put together now and get them and have them lined up for when Mr. Seaton joins us. He can knock those out and take care of all those. Uh, just want to go back and reiterate that, of course, want to talk about the other shows that are on the Audio Road Network. Every Tuesday, you can join Kenny Long and his show, Trucking with Authority, at 7 p.m. Then there, of course, every Wednesday night is our show here at the uh, Rakes and Lanes at 7 p.m. And Kim Cochran has a show every Friday, Destination Health, comes on every Friday at 4 p.m. And, of course, Mike and Kevin Beckett wraps up, or better yet, starts the week out on Sunday with Rolling Toe. All of these shows are trying to bring you different aspects of the trucking industry to help put a little bit more tools in your tool belt to bring you closer to uh, making whatever it is that, that you have in, as far as goals and aspirations that we can try to help incorporate into your business, things that we want to share to try to make the trucking industry a better place. So, once again, this is Rico Muhammad coming to you live. I have uh, our good friend George Hick was joining us tonight. And we got the band started together. We had Joe, Joe Cox joined us for a little while and gave us some input. And also Bruce, Bruce jumped in and, and gave us some, some good input as well. So until this time next week, we'll catch up with everybody. Be safe out there, and we'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-PUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.